This message is provided by Bridgeway Community Church. Thanks for tuning in. Good morning, Bridgeway. Super glad that you guys are here with us this morning. Thanks for carving time out of your morning to be here. Uh, we just want to remind you, I get to talk a little bit about baptism, right? Like you just saw that video, and uh, which is great because this morning I'm talking a little bit about fear. And yet some of us, uh, we probably come to this crossroads when it comes to the thought of baptism to go, I don't know if this is for me or I don't know. It's a little bit scary uh, getting up in front of people and, and taking the dunk into the river. And we just want to encourage you that if that's you and you just want to have more conversation about it, we would love it if you reached out to one of us pastors on staff here. We'd love to chat with you about what that looks like, uh, why God calls us into taking that step in our faith journey, and, and even why it's not as scary as you might think. Uh, and you can even sign up for baptism, if you'd like, this morning by grabbing one of the cards in the seat back in front of you. Uh, and you can drop that in our giving boxes this morning right out in the main lobby. But we are just, again, we are just grateful that you're here with us this morning and excited for you uh, just to hear uh, what, what I believe God has just been kind of impressing upon my life as, as I speak this morning. And this sticks out to me. Uh, it's this idea of living a life with no fear. And uh, fear is something I think that we all deal with at some point in our lives, right? Whether we're kids or uh, teenagers or adults uh, or beyond, uh, fear is something that's constantly uh, something we deal with. And uh, I think it's only fitting this morning that if we're talking about fear, that I'm just honest with you about uh, a perspective of my own life, a dynamic of my own life. I've mentioned this before. Maybe you've heard this before. If you haven't, this is the first time you're hearing it. Uh, I'm talking about fear this morning, but ironically, I'm the type of guy that really likes to scare people. Like, I don't know why. It's just, it's been something that's within me ever since I was, I was younger and a kid. Like, I know, like, that kind of makes me a punk, right? Like, scaring people kind of makes you a punk a little bit. I don't know why I get enjoyment out of it, uh, but I do. Let me, let me give you a little bit of an example. When I was in high school, I was in a band, and uh, our band was practicing in my old youth room of the church that I grew up in. And uh, our band's name was Puss, but that's, that's neither here nor there. That's a story for another time. But I remember... I remember practicing for our, our band, uh, together with the band, because we were going to be playing for my high school's winter homecoming dance. Yes, I'm old enough. We're live bands at a dance. We're still a thing back in the day, and we were the band. And so we were getting together at my hometown church to rehearse uh, for our live performance for my high school. And I remember getting there one uh, Thursday night, and I was the first one to arrive at the church. Now, this was never the case, right? Like, I was a drummer. If you know anything about drummers, they're always late. Uh, and so I was the first one there that night, which was really strange. But I thought, oh, what a great opportunity. A great opportunity I see before me. See, the church had, had given me a key to the, the building. I don't know why they would ever do that, uh, but they had so that we could rehearse. I got into the building. I'm the first one there. There's no lights on, and I see an opportunity before me. Like, oh, yes. I'm going to scare. I'm just going to scare somebody so bad, like in my band, like as they walk in. I'm never the first one here. Other guys always the first one. I'm going to scare them. And so I walk into the room that we're rehearsing in, and I pull a table uh, right up beside the entrance into that room, like the doorway. And I stand up on the table, and I literally like hunch over the top corner of the door so that I'm looking down upon the person as they walk in, right? And I'm waiting for my bandmate to come in. I'm like, oh, this is going to be so rich, so good. I'm going to jump. I'm literally going to, I'm planning to jump 
jump down onto them. And uh, I can only imagine in my head that this is going to go really well. And so I sit there and I wait. All the lights are off. I park my car somewhere around the corner where no one even knew that I was there. And I hear somebody enter the church building. Like, yes, my moment is upon me. And I wait. And all of a sudden I hear the door to the room open up. And I see this silhouette walk through the doorway. And in that moment, I just let out the loudest, like, screech, scream that I can possibly think of. And I'm just like, ah! And I just jump, and I jump down from the table, and in a last-second decision, I decided not to jump on the silhouetted person. I jump down from the table, I scream, and I flip the lights on, and to my dismay, it was a middle-aged guy who was there for small groups that night. <laughs> and he was just entering the room to use the bathrooms in that room. <laughs> And I literally, I was, I'm so embarrassed. I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. Listen, man, I, I didn't, I wasn't trying to scare you. It was a band member of mine. You know, I'm in the band Puss. Maybe you heard of us. Look us up online. Uh, but listen, I didn't mean to scare you. I'm really, really sorry. And the guy like grumbles as he he's like, <laughs> as he heads to the bathroom. And I could tell I was just upset this guy. And then in the moment, I'm sitting there thinking, this guy literally just came in here to go to the bathroom. I'm lucky he didn't go like right then and there when I <laughs> scared him. And I don't know why. I don't know why I've enjoyed this uh, or doing this in my life, but I have. It's even carried through. Like, that's not just in my adolescence. It continues to, to now. I've even, this is something, a dynamic of, of me that I've even brought to Bridgeway. And so this morning, I, I, I'm, I'm actually excited to bring to you a, uh, an opportunity for you to see me in action uh, with another staff member here at Bridgeway. Uh, some of you may or may not know Christine Cry. She's director of our children's ministry uh, I don't know if she wants me to tell you this, but she's really easily scarable, and I, and I maybe saw an opportunity to freak her out one day. So let's watch this and enjoy this together. <laughs> the sheer terror. I love it. Uh, I did check with Christine. She gave me permission to show that this morning, so she hopefully does not hate me for that. But uh, I don't know why, but that's just, uh, it's just something like, I've enjoyed uh, scaring people. But, uh, you know, I thought it would be fair this morning, It'd only be fair if I showed you a clip uh, of something that scared me. When I was a little kid, there was this thing that just scared the daylights out of me. And I had nightmares over, over and over about this thing. You see, this, this, this movie called E.T., anybody ever heard of E.T.? Anybody ever watched it? Listen, I asked this of first service, and you wouldn't believe the hands that did not go up. I'm like, what? Nobody's even heard of this? It was crazy. But for me as a kid, uh, this scared the living daylights out of me. It just freaked me out. And I had so many nightmares about this over and over and over and over again. Uh, my parents had to console me because of E.T. for many, many years, up until I was about 23. And uh, <laughs> it just freaked me out. And yet I... I look at this, and I think of this clip, and I look, I think of the topic of fear itself, and I think a lot of the time when it comes to fear, and especially even as I watch this clip, we get in our own heads, don't we? Like when it comes to fear, we just get into our own heads, and here's what I, here's what I mean by that. I think what we tend to be fearful of a lot of the time is the unknown, like in this clip, like what's in there? I don't know what's in there. What, what is in there? Or specifically, so we're afraid a lot of the time of the unknown, or fearful of the unknown. Or more specifically, I think we're fearful of what could happen. What could happen in our lives. Because we don't know what kind of curveballs life is going to throw at us, right? We don't know what kind of curveballs life is going to throw back at us. And for a lot of us, that is just simply frightening. 
And yet God doesn't call us to live a life of fear. He doesn't call us to live a, f- a life of fear of the unknown. He doesn't call us to live a life of fear of the future or, or just fear at all, right? As a matter of fact, he tells us not to worry about it. Here's what I love. In Matthew 6, verse 34, it says, So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. So to combat our fear of the unknown, I believe we do something. I believe we make a lot of plans. We don't, love, we don't love the thought of not knowing what's coming ahead, not knowing what's coming up next. And so a lot of times we make plans and lots and lots of plans. And we think that our plans will save us from uncertainty. But I tell you this morning, church, they won't. They won't. I love what Solomon writes in the book of Proverbs in 19, chapter 19, verse 21. Solomon says, you can make many plans, but the Lord's purpose will prevail. Church, I'm not standing up here this morning telling you that you shouldn't make plans for life. That's absolutely not what I'm telling you. But what I do believe is this. I believe that Solomon is telling us to plan, but be flexible to God's purposes. Make plans, but be flexible to God's purposes in your life through those plans. Check this out. Between, uh, between the 1840s and 1860s, there was a woman who I think did this who I think planned and at the same time was super flexible to how God was going to use these plans. And she displayed an immense amount of bravery in the face of fear. You see, this woman named Harriet Tubman was a conductor of the Underground Railroad. And in 1849, she escaped slavery herself from the state of Maryland, and she ended up in Philadelphia. And yet the cool thing about her story is that that's not where it ended. She didn't just go to Philadelphia after she escaped slavery. She went back to Maryland to help more slaves escape. And so she made 13 secret missions to help 70 slaves gain their freedom from the Confederates and the slave states. And typically these missions, they took place at night and preferably in the winter season because the nights were longer, right? There was more darkness and they could travel more easily in the dark because people weren't watching. And so she was smart. Harriet Tubman was smart. She typically, she'd start her journeys on Saturdays because the newspapers, well, they wouldn't print the names of the runaway slaves until Monday. And so she'd she'd start on Saturday. And she often, even in these journeys, she disguised herself right in broad daylight. She'd wear a bonnet and she'd walk around with like a newspaper in in front of her face as if she was reading it. Never mind the fact that she was actually illiterate, but she used it as a disguise. And then along the journey of the Underground Railroad and bringing slaves to their freedom, there were a decent number of people who would actually provide housing to Harriet Tubman and the slaves that she was bringing to their freedom. Some of them even provided finances to help them become free. And then get this, Harriet Tubman, if that wasn't enough, if she wasn't brave and courageous enough already, like she also was just kind of super cool. She She actually walked around and carried a revolver with her. She just was courageous and brave in the, midst of, in the midst of a life sequence where she could have been scared for her life. You see, personally, I think, I think Harriet Tubman is the definition of living life fearlessly. She left Maryland from slavery, and yet she didn't bat an eye to return to help more people become free. Didn't bat an eye. Went back 13 more times. The crazy thing is this, is that on all the journeys that she went back to help people reach their freedom, 
she went on to, again, to help 70 people. She was a perfect 70 for 70, meaning this. Of all the people, all the slaves that she helped reach their freedom, not a single one of them died, and not a single one of them were caught and returned to Maryland. 70 for 70. And helping them find their freedom. See, church this morning, I think it's clear and obvious. I think we all know this. Whether we're kids, teenagers, adults, we all have fears, don't we? But I think this, I believe this, that if we truly let God into our lives and apply what he's calling us to do, as Harriet Tubman did, then we will begin to live fearlessly. We will begin to face our fears head on and continue to race to where God is calling us to go, to where we're meant to go. And so this morning, I'm excited to talk to you about a group of people that we read about in Scripture. And this group of people, they were, they were a group of warriors and, and mighty men that served under the leadership of David in the Bible. And this is the same David who slayed Goliath. And these dudes, these group of men, they were studs that were even beyond what we would think of as typical warriors. And so today I want to look at one of those guys in this group who stands out because we get to read a little bit about him. And his name is Benaiah. And Benaiah not only was one of David's mighty men, but he was a second-hand man, like the right-hand man to King Solomon as well. And here's what Scripture says about this guy. We're going to look at the book of 2 Samuel, chapter 23, verses 20 to 23. You can follow along on the screens behind her. If you'd like to pull your Bible out and open it up, then you can find that book. It's the 10th book of the Bible, 2 Samuel, and it's sandwiched right in between 1 Samuel and 1 Kings. Chapter 23, verses 20 through 23, and this is what it says. There was also Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, a valiant warrior from Kabzeel. He did many heroic deeds, which included killing two champions of Moab. Another time, on a snowy day, he chased a lion down into a pit and killed it. I want to pause there for a second because it's... It's very particular. It says, on a snowy day. So I looked up, why, why would it say that? Why would it specify that? It'd be, apparently, on a snowy day in the coldest of temperatures are when lions are the most fierce and the most hungry. And so on a snowy day, he chased a lion down into a pit and killed it. Once, armed only with a club, he killed an imposing Egyptian warrior who was armed with a spear. Benaiah wrenched the spear from the Egyptian's hand and killed him with it. Deeds like these made Benaiah as famous as the three mightiest warriors. He was more honored than the other members of the 30, though he was not one of the three. And David made him captain of his bodyguard. So this guy, Benaiah, he's, he's a warrior among warriors. Scripture tells us this. And he stared, fa- he stared, he stared fear right in the face. And he lived a life that modeled bravery. I don't know if you know this about lions, but typically lions are known for doing the chasing, aren't they? <laughs> like they're known for doing the chasing. They're the ones that prowl they, and they wait for their game to be in range. And then they release the inner beast within and they go for the kill. That's what lions do. And yet in this passage, Benaiah is not the one who got chased. He's the one who's doing the chasing. My man had so much courage and bravery that the lion itself must have had fear within it. Imagine that that the lion itself had fear within it. Get this, Scripture says this. It said that the lion was chased down into the pit. I don't know about you, 
But if I ended up down in a pit with a lion, I'd need an extra pair of pants. Because <laughs> lions, I mean, if I were in that situation, it'd be freaking me out. I wouldn't be the one chasing the lion down in there, right? Like, I'd be the one getting chased into the pit with a lion. And yet, in this story, the exact opposite happens. A little, little refresher for you. Lions, they weigh about 500 pounds on average. 500 pounds. Their height is close to four feet, and their length is anywhere from about five feet, six inches to eight feet long. Four feet tall, up to eight feet long. Their roar can be heard from around five miles away. You ever been at a zoo before when the lions are roaring? It's intense. So imagine Benaiah in this pit with a lion, and they're circling each other. They're probably looking deep into each other's eyes. And I imagine the lion roars loudly. So much so, imagine that if their roar can be heard from five miles away, if you're face to face with the lion and it roars, I can imagine Benaiah felt that in his soul. Like it just rumbled through his whole body. Lion roars loudly and, and Benaiah just feels it. He feels it throughout him. And I'm sure that they even, that, that, that roar probably shook him up a little bit. And then instead of the lion pouncing, Benaiah is the one who runs towards the lion draws his sword, and conquers it. The story is crazy. And yet I can't help but keep thinking about what happens before they even arrive in the pit. The fact that Benaiah chases the lion down. That's hard to wrap my mind around because I couldn't imagine doing that myself. But here's, here's what I realized this morning, church. We all have lions, don't we? We all have lions of life. Some of us have lions of mental health. Some of us are our lions of relationships with family members who left. Some of us are lions are things that we're called to do, but we feel inadequate to do. Some of us have lions of sin that keep chasing us down and completely wrecking us. And yet we all have these lions that make us fear and tremble, that make us tremble in fear. And when we're in the pit with the lion, the lion continues to win over and over again. What if we did something different, though? What if we did something different from what we're used to doing? What if we looked into the line of fear that's staring us down and we chased it down in our lives? See, some of you are thinking this morning, well, I, I can't do that. Like, I don't have the strength to do that. And I'll tell you, you're, you might be right. You're probably right. I don't have the strength to do it either. And neither did Benaiah. And yet, through the help of God... We can conquer our fears. Through the strength of God, we can conquer the lions that are staring us down. See, I remember being back in second grade, I remember being in a music class. And what happened in music class was, which was interesting because, like, everybody was in music class. Like, it wasn't like, hey, I signed up for music class, so I get to go sing in it. Everybody had to be in music class, even if you wanted nothing to do with music. And I remember, I remember being in that class, and at the time I was like, you know, I don't like talking in front of people, let alone singing in front of people. <laughs> and I remember being in class one day, and my teacher, Mrs. Fellows, she was having us sing this song as a class together. And as the singing's happening, all of a sudden she stops the singing. So, like, wait, 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 hold on, hold on, wait, 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 everybody stop, everybody stop. I can hear, I hear somebody was off key or off pitch out there. 
Let's figure this out. Let's fix this. Let's figure this out. I hear that it was happening right from over here in this area. And wouldn't you know, she points to the area that I'm sitting in. I'm like, no, me? <laughs> Couldn't be me. And then she, then she proceeds to point three of us out, and I'm one of the three. She goes, I think it's right in there. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to fix this. We're just, no big deal. We're going to fix this real quick. Super simple. Here's all I need you to do. I need you three, one at a time. I need you to sing your parts as a solo so we can figure out where the off-pitch, off off-key person is. <laughs> I'm sitting there thinking, you have got to be kidding me. No, I can't sing. I was the kid that when I would go to like the music, like the, the concerts and stuff we put on at Christmas, I was the kid in the back that was lip-syncing like, Right? Like nothing coming out because I didn't want anybody to hear me. I can't do this. And so she starts to have us sing one by one. And luckily I'm the last one to go. So I'm sitting there thinking, please, Lord, let one of these other two kids stink just as badly as me. So she gets to them first and thinks that it's them. So the first kid stands up, starts to sing in front of the whole class. And wouldn't you know, his voice was like a mixture. It was like a, it was like a mixture of Michael Bolton and Fergie. <laughs> it was incredible. I'm like, no, you got to be kidding me. Okay, there's still another kid. Hopefully this kid's as bad as me. Second kid goes, voice of an angel. Oh, it was angelic. It's beautiful. I just, I'm sitting there going, you got to be kidding me. It's my turn now. Miss Fellows turns to me and she goes, okay, Justin, it's your turn. And with all the courage I had in that moment, which was about this much, I mustered up a little bit of bravery to sing or to let something come out of my mouth. And as I opened my mouth up to let something come out, instead of singing, this is what came out. <laughs> and I just start bawling right there in the room in front of the entire class. No music comes out of my voice at all. It was hideous. Like It sounded like a couple of raccoons fighting over a piece of trash. I don't know what came out of me. Just start crying. And Miss Fellows is like, okay, no, no, you don't have to sing. You don't have to sing. She starts panicking, right? Because I'm freaking out, and the whole class starts freaking out. I look back to that, and I go, I remember the fear that I had within me, right? This fear that I, there's no way I could do this. I can't do this. This isn't me, God. I don't have this in me. If you would have told me back then that in the future I'd be standing up here now doing what I do now, I would have said, you're crazy. No way. No way. I had a huge, immense, massive fear of public speaking. Again, I wouldn't even raise my hand in class just to say, here? Like, I hated that, right? And yet at some point in my life, God had a calling upon me that called me to just let it go. That called me to just let him take my fear and flip it. I didn't want to. And yet I felt this calling in a way where it's just undeniable. It's like this thing that I'm afraid of that I've been holding on to. God, you want to use it for good. And I don't know why and I don't know what that looks like. But you're calling me to let it go and to give it to you. And at some point I had to do that. You see, when we entrust God with our fears, he can flip them into something greater. And he'll transform them. Our weakness is made strong through him. You see, when we stand up in front of our lines of fear, Jesus is right there with us. And maybe in those moments we look at him and we say, I know what I have to do to fight this fear, to fight this fear that's holding on to me, but God, I don't, I don't think I'm strong enough. I don't think I can do this. I don't, have, I don't think I have the strength to overcome it. And yet I believe that God's looking back at us in that moment and he's saying, with me, you do. With me, you do. 
See, the fear that once held you back no longer has a hold on you now. And with the help of Jesus, I believe that we can stand strong. We can lose the old person who cowered in fear, and we can live as the brave and courageous person that God is calling us to be, that God has made us to be, to be confident and brave in him. There's a couple quotes I want to I want to share with you now. I love these. One of them's from a guy named Mark Batterson. He's a he's an author of a book. Get this, called Chase the Lion. And this is what he says: At some point, you have to face your fear. You have to face your fear. And when you do, you'll discover that fear itself is a coward in the face of courage. I love that line. I love that line. And some of you in here, maybe you, uh, you watch some like reality survivor type shows and so you got, you've heard of a guy named Bear Grylls before. Bear Grylls, I don't, you may or may not know this if you know him, but he's actually a believer and follower of Jesus. And he said at one point, he said this, you and I can now see through different eyes, aware that the antidote to fear is knowing that Jesus is who he said he was. You are truly loved, forgiven, freed, empowered, and accepted that's the truth that casts out fears today and forevermore. I love that. You see, church, this morning, I, I want to give you an unsurprising, straightforward plan of attack based off of what we learned this morning through Benaiah and some of the other stories that we've talked about. Here's the first step of the plan. If we're going to face our fears, as Christ followers were called to, if we're going to face them, the first thing we got to do is stare down your lion. You have to stare down your lion. How often do you avoid your lion, your fear? How often do you choose to not make eye contact with it? Because we think that if we act like it doesn't exist, that it'll go away. Church this morning, I want to tell you, it's not going to go away. It doesn't go away. It doesn't go away unless we choose to do something about it. You see, 1 Peter 5, verses 8 and 9, they say this, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and strong in your faith. Know your lion. Know your fear. Recognize what it is. Call it out. Set your sights on it. While it's probably been uncomfortable to have this fear in your life, maybe this fear is there for a reason. Maybe God knows that you're going to conquer it. And he knows that you're going to learn something crucial through the process. So this thing that has been a nuisance in your life for a chunk of time might actually be the catalyst for you stepping into new life with Jesus. Do you catch that this morning? This thing that's been just weighing you down, that has been keeping you from taking a step forward, it might actually not be the thing that's holding you back. Maybe we're allowing ourselves to let it hold us back. Maybe we're holding ourselves back. It might actually be the catalyst for you stepping forward in confidence into new life with Jesus. Stare down your lion. Second step of the process after stare down your lion is this. It's, is know your weapon. Know your weapon. Our weapon to fight off the lion is standing right next to us. There's a reason scripture brings up Benaiah. Right, he's one of the mightiest warriors. One of the mightiest warriors. I believe God blessed him in battle. You see, a steadfast, a steadfast faith in Jesus and his plan for us, I believe that steadfast faith will help us conquer our fears of the unknown. 
Philippians 4, verse 13, it says this, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Sometimes we are. We're just afraid of what's to come because we don't know what it looks like. We don't know what that curveball is going to look like, that next step in life. We don't know what it's going to bring. I remember looking back through all sorts of phases in my life and going, I don't know. Like when I'm in high school, I remember thinking back to like, I don't know. What does the next step look like? College? Like, I don't what does that look like? Moving out from my, my parents' house and like starting to live on my own? What does that look like? I don't know. That's kind of scary. I remember getting in that next phase and going, a job? What is that job? Like, what is that like? Making a, a, a life of my own? Like, that's scary. I don't know how to do that. I've never done it before. I've never traversed this path before, God. How am I supposed to do this thing? I know lots of people do it all the time, but God, how am I supposed to do it? And then as my life progressed on and on, like the, the fears became more like gripping, right? God, I don't know. I don't know how to. I don't know how to process losing a loved one. God, I don't. I don't know how to process relationships falling apart. What am I supposed to do? What does that look like? What does that next step look like? God, you're calling me to do this thing that takes a lot of trust. God, I got trust issues with people in my own life. How am I supposed to trust in you? How am I supposed to trust in this? I don't know what this looks like. For I can do everything through Christ, though who gives me strength. See, that's, that passage doesn't say that we can do some things through Christ, and yet there's other things that are just like insurpassable. There are other things that we're just not gonna be able to overcome. It doesn't say that. It says we can do everything through Christ. Isn't that liberating? Isn't that, isn't that freeing? It just takes the stress and pressure right off of us because Jesus has already taken care of it. Jesus already taken care of it. We just simply have to follow his lead. In the moments where we don't know what's ahead, we can trust that we follow a God who's already been through it all, all of it, and can see us through it. So stare down your lion. The second one, know your weapon. Here's the third and final one. It's choose to fight. See, we church, we have to make a choice, a conscious effort to fight our lion. We, we do. We have a role to play in this. Like, there's action to be taken. And as Christ followers, I believe that we're, we have to choose to be brave and to fight our fears that have been crippling us and holding us back. Psalms 34, verses 4 and 5, they, they say this. I prayed to the Lord, and he answered me. He freed me from all of my fears. He freed me from all of my fears. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow will darken their faces. Meaning this. Meaning when we choose to fight our fears with God, right by our side, there's no looking back. There's no looking in our rearview mirror, constantly looking to see if it's chasing us or following us. We get to simply move forward. There's only moving forward. But it's a choice. And it's a choice that we have the decision and the option to make or not. As a matter of fact, we could, we could choose to just carry on life being fearful for the rest of our days. But what kind of life is that to lead? It's not the life Jesus calls us to. It's not a life of abundance that he calls us to. I encourage you this morning to make the choice, to make the choice to fight against it because freedom is on the line. Freedom is at stake. A lot of us in here, we've been shackled to our fears and just been carrying it through life. 
freedom from that is on the line. So I want to tell you this morning that with Jesus, we can face any fear that arises in our lives. In the middle of the battle where your strength is tested and you say, I just don't have the strength, courage, or bravery to even come close to overcoming this. Jesus, I'm telling you, Jesus is there saying, yeah, but with me, you do. Maybe this morning you've got something that you've been staring down that's super frightening. Maybe you've had something in your past that you feel like continues to chase you down, and it's debilitating. My plea this morning is, is church, trust that Jesus is your stronghold. He stands by your side, and he goes into battle with you. If you caught my message last week, then, then you know this. He calms the sea where your boat is shaking. He looks fear in the face, and the fear becomes the coward instead of you. When you know that you are loved, freed, empowered, and accepted by Jesus, then I believe when we know those things, I believe we're the ones who can chase the lions down in our lives. And so this morning, church, I want to ask you this. What is your lion? What's your lion? Has it been repeatedly winning against you? Maybe it's time to stare it down, to know you have a weapon with Jesus, and to choose to fight it. Because if and when you do, you might be surprised with how your faith can lead you to a life of living with no fear. And that's my prayer this morning. It really is. That we can step into a confidence, into a relationship with Jesus, knowing that those things don't have to chase us down anymore. That we can actually turn the tables. And that stuff that's been following us around forever, we can leave in the past and trust that God has great purpose for the plans set before us. So church, will you pray with me this morning? Father God, I'm just so, I'm so grateful for the opportunities, the opportunities you put before us that, that maybe look scary. That sounds backward, but this morning, Jesus, I, I pray that I pray, I pray that we would recognize that those are opportunities. Those aren't things to keep beating us. God, they're opportunities for us to take a step forward in faith and in confidence and trust in you and who you are, knowing that those things do not have to own us anymore. God, that with and through you, we can own those things. And yes, maybe they're a part of our story, but they're a small part of our story because God, you're such a bigger part of who we are in the story that's being written. And so God, my prayer this morning is that. It's just that, that we recognize that the story that's being written does not involve fear. It's not called to involve fear. It's called, God, it's called to involve confidence. God, it's called to involve bravery and courage and steadfast faith in you, our stronghold. So Jesus, I pray that this morning. I pray that over our church, over myself, God. This is something that Maybe for some of us, it, it can happen overnight. And God, you're a, you're a God big enough that I believe you can do that. And yet, God, for some of us, maybe this is a long journey of letting go and entrusting in you with this. God, this morning, whatever that looks like, we just entrust you with the fears we've been walking with, knowing that you don't call us to be scared anymore. God, that you just call us to walk through the battle with you, to walk through the fear with you, 
And through that, we, 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 we might just find that the things that scared us before, we actually can kind of laugh and smirk at now, knowing that it was in our lives because maybe it's a beautiful part of our story that you're writing. So God, we do. We trust you with that. We praise and worship you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to our podcast today. Check out our app or website at bridgewaycommunity.org for more messages or to take the sermon one step deeper by downloading the Sermon Discussion Guide.